Radio. Never give up, never give in. The ones who will work are the ones who will Answer the call. Go for your everything. Give it your all. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Make the journey. What does it mean? What does it mean to travel hopefully? Let go of baggage and jumpstart your life. Find out with the Success Sisters, Libby Gill and Cynthia Bryan, coming up next on Star Style. Be the star you are. You'll find all you need in the light that shines. Believe in yourself and all that Hey, have you got a minute? Huh? I'm going to say a word. You tell me what comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. Tchaikovsky. Gesundheit. Okay, what's the word? No, see, that is the word. What does Tchaikovsky make you think of? I don't know. Allergy season? Uh, hey there, how you doing? What's up? Who's Martha Graham? She invented the graham cracker. No kidding. Yeah, before her there was only soda crackers. Hard to imagine. Uh, hey young lady? Yeah? Uh, does the name Man Ray mean anything to you? Ta. The man ray is a kind of poisonous jellyfish, and it lives in the Gulf of Mexico. Aha! It's very deadly. Are your kids as well-rounded as they could be? Kids who participate in the arts do better in school and in life. To learn more about the value of arts education, visit americansforthearts.org. Because all kids should get to appreciate Tchaikovsky's music, Martha Graham's dance, and Man Ray's photography. Art. Ask for more. A public service message brought to you by Americans for the Arts and the Ad Council. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Well, hello, party partners, and welcome to radio's finest hour of power. Star style, be the star you are a program of expert life coaching and positive book talk. I am your personal growth coach, and with me is my success sister, Libby Gill. That's Cynthia Bryan and Libby Gill. We're thrilled to be your life coaches right here on the airwaves every week, so get ready to pump your energy. Love, learn, laugh, listen, and live your dreams through great books and wonderful coaching. Well, we're having a really fun show today. We're doing a little bit different. We are broadcasting from the decks of the Golden Princess. We are docked here in the bay en route to Mexico. So if you hear some new, some noise and some cheering and some gongs and people walking by, it's because we are on a Bon Voyage cruise. Well, in our first segment in our coaching corner, I have asked my success sister, Libby Gill, to talk to us about her groundbreaking book, Traveling Hopefully, because in this book she can help you unload your excess baggage and get on with living. And then in our second segment, author and essay winner Angela Berquist is going to be reading her award-winning essay as well as talking to you about the many books she's written and why writing is so important for all of us. And finally, in our last segment, I'll be chatting a bit about my book, Be the Star You Are, from the decks right here of the Golden Princess. And I will also be doing just some other little fun tidbits that are throughout the 
centuries here. So kind of ay caramba. We have a couple of miracle moments for you today, brought to you by the Success Sisters, Coach Anita Vita Stav, Your Own Life. And for more information on getting your private consultation over the phone or in person, visit LibbyGill.com or CynthiaBryan.com. The first one is from poet and writer Maya Angelou, and it is Success is Like Yourself, Liking What You Do and Liking How You Do It. And the second one is from James Allen, and this is one of my favorites. Two men looked out through prison bars. One saw mud, the other saw stars. Now, that's pretty, that's pretty good. It depends kind of what you think of. Now, Mark Allen said that fools never learn from their mistakes. Smart people learn from their mistakes, and wise people learn from other people's mistakes. Well, my success sister, Libby Gill, wants you all to be part of the wise crowd. Now, all of us have had challenges in our lives. However, Libby's book, Traveling Hopefully and How to Let Go of Your Family Baggage and Jumpstart Your Life, is really something special. In it, she's very vulnerable. She chronicles how she overcame a family legacy of alcoholism, divorce, and mental illness to create the life of passion and purpose that she has today. And I just want to truly endorse this book. It's how I met Libby when I first read the book. I thought it was life-changing and pivotal and a very important book for all of us. And I want to tell you that the woman walks her talk. She is the person she says she is, and we all want her to be our success sister. So, Libby, will you talk to us about your book, Traveling Hopefully Today, and share those five important steps to jumpstart your life? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Cynthia. We really are traveling hopefully today. It's a really we are. We're traveling hopefully because we're on the deck. That's why I thought, isn't this fun? We're going to travel hopefully with your book. Right, exactly. So, and you're so right. I, I really do want everybody to be in that wise people category so that they can learn from my mistakes because I made plenty of them. And sometimes we, we all make our mistakes. It's up to us to learn from them. But it, it took me a long time to really look at the mistakes I had made and, and, and look at the, the goal of my book was really looking at the first half of my life, figuring out what lessons I'd learned that I could take into the second half of life so that I could create a richer, more passionate, more exciting, and much more purposeful, more meaningful life. And uh, and it took me a long time, and I thought, you know, maybe I can save people a few steps. So in the book, we have uh, I talk about five steps to jumpstart your life, and it's kind of the umbrella of ways that you can look at where you've been and where you're headed. And I've also got 21 specific tools. And some of those really start on the inside, and there are things like uh, what I call verbal meditation, journal writing, and looking at, at recapturing the passion of childhood dreams and, and reconstructing the, the drama moments of childhood to see what you're hanging on to. It's not about dwelling in the past or blaming people. It's about looking at what you might be hanging on to that's influencing your decisions right now. Well, and you know, uh, the 21 steps, you you list them at the back of the book so easily, and it's something that I think is, they're simple things to do, and they're important for all of us to take a look at it, you know, to be grateful every day. The different things that we can do easily to jumpstart our life, because it's like um, Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland, if we don't know where we're going, anywhere road will do, and that's what your book, Traveling Helpfully, helps you do. It's like a road map for success. 
Yeah, it is, and it it was something that was long in coming for me because I realized at one point, in, and it really started with my professional life and then spilled over into the personal life, that I had worked so hard to get where I didn't want to be. And as I began to change course in my career, I really looked at what were the decisions that I made that led me down that path and what was I ignoring. And it was really a sense of understanding how, how I had become the person that I became and how it affected the, the day-to-day and minute-to-minute decisions I was making because I came to a point where I was just miserable and I just decided I don't care what the, the outside image all looked pretty good, professional and you know all of that. And, and I, I decided I was really living this, this sort of leftover emotional remnants of a past that I, that I had long since shed, but... I still had the shell of that history, and I wanted to to rewrite the the ne- next direction of my life. So I went on this real journey of of self healing that I call traveling hopefully, which is a Robert Louis Stevenson quote: "To travel hopefully is a better thing than to arrive." And I, I think that's a great metaphor for um, for redirecting that that direction of your life. Well, I always love the way you say that you worked yourself down the corporate ladder. I did. I did. I decided I I got to a point where I was offered another big job, and I was working in public relations, which is a fine career. I just got to a point where it just didn't fit me any longer. It It didn't feel purposeful, and I'd done it for 15 years. And I knew I wanted to work with people in a much more of a mentoring capacity. And I wanted to be the, the owner of my own time and my own schedule so I could spend more time with my children. And I just decided I was just going to leave the corporate world. And I, I wrote a parenting book and just quit cold turkey to promote that book. And it just started me on a new wave of life. But it was all the thinking and, and really working through all these exercises that did it. And the first one, the first rule to jumpstart your life or the jumpstart step number one is to dissect your past so that you can direct your future. And that's a critical. You know, the very first step is always critical because if you don't look at your past, it's like history. You're going to be doomed to keep repeating it. So you really have to take a very clear look at, at where you've been and what is what it is that you want to change. So talk about how, you know, you lived in some denial, You what your family was like coming from an alcoholic family, et cetera, and how you, you know, you went on from there because so many of, it, so many of us get well, I, I had come from a family. My parents were divorced when I was a kid, and I lived back and forth from parent to parent, and mine were in two different countries. So, you know, those were some long journeys to visit my father, and, and he had in many ways abandoned our family financially, geographically, emotionally for many years before we really reconnected. And and I ended up going to a different school every year and feeling really completely rootless. And I had to look at that to see. And the only thing that, that saved me was was as a, I was a good student, and I learned how to keep my mouth shut and work. And in some ways, I mean, it certainly made me a great employee. It didn't necessarily make me a happy person. And I accepted whatever job came along. I got there earlier. I worked harder than everybody else. And then at the end of it all, I thought, well, wait a minute. I'm living other people's dreams for them and making their lives easier, but I'm not necessarily looking at mine. And that's when I looked back and saw how all the circumstances of my life, which obviously I couldn't change, but it was time to change my reaction to them, to really widen my comfort zone zone and become a much gutsier person, which is what I decided to do. And you basically started in the now. So, you know, you took the scars from the past, but you went to the present and you decided, I don't have to live my past anymore. And 
everyone listening, we can do the same thing. We don't have to live our past in the future. Yeah, and if people are looking at things, and I have them in, in traveling, hopefully, in these exercises, and we've done some of them about tagging your baggage, looking back at some of those incidents of the past, either, either the dramatic ones or just kind of the everyday ones, like an attorney who told me that uh, when she was a kid, she had had a birthday party, a slumber party, invited 20 girls to her 10th birthday party, and two of them showed up. And she was devastated, and she said she carried that with her for years, just assuming people were going to reject her, they weren't going to like her, she wasn't going to be, it wouldn't be easy to make friends or professional acquaintances. And finally she woke up and thought, well, I'm not that chubby little 10-year-old anymore, and I'm, I'm who I am today, and she really got rid of that. So it's, it's some of those, the smaller moments and the bigger moments that, that we hang on to and we need to shed. And we all have them, so we need to identify them. So what would jumpstart step number two be? Well, this, the next step is to learn to link internal clarity with external action. And, and that sounds lofty, but it's not. It's, it's the idea of having a, a sense of inner vision or understanding on a deep sense, you know, who you are and what you want, and then being able to apply that to the outside world. Because what I find with most people is that they're they're somewhere on either end of the spectrum. They either have that sense of a vision, they understand creatively or instinctively, they're more of a dreamer of the world. And then on the other end of the spectrum are the doers, the people that are just go, 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 action-oriented all the time, but they don't necessarily stop to think about where they want that action to carry them. So if you combine the two... That dreaming and that doing, you have an inner sense of where you want to go, and then you can create an external plan to get you there. Does that make sense? That makes total sense because it's so important not just to act without uh, thinking about it. And basically what you're saying is that we need a balance. We need a balance of the vision and then the action. So we can't just dream. We can't just act. We need to do both. Now, I know jumpstart uh, step number three because it's what we are to each other, recruiting a support squad, and this is so important. Whether it's one or 20, you have to have a cheerleader. Yeah, absolutely. You really need a cheerleader. You need a support squad with you to help you make all these things happen because they're pretty lofty. And I, Let me go back to the dreamer and doer for just a second because that affects your support squad. You need to understand where your default is. If you are an all-action person, you need some people who can help you create a vision. And if you're a visionary but you don't know how to get things done, you need those people who can handle the details, hold you accountable, kick you in the rear end to make things happen. And that's part of your support squad. And on the website, on my site, which is www.libbygill.com, I've got a tool to really help you identify, you know, where are you? What kind of person are you? Are you a dreamer or are you a doer? So if you go to the home page of my website, you just scroll right down to the bottom and there's a questionnaire that you can fill out and fill that out. And, and for everybody that's listening, I really want you to understand how, how you can figure out where your default is because everything else hinges on that. So fill that out. I'll send you the questionnaire and another worksheet that's going to help you with all of the rest of this besides. So when you, when you sign in there, just write radio in the comment section and I'll know that I'm going to send you a, a goal setting worksheet as well. You'll get a, a handbook that's going to help you with the rest. Oh, see, that is so great, uh, Libby. So everyone, if you go to LibbyGill.com, scroll to the bottom, and then you'll see this questionnaire, and there's a comment whether you need to type in radio, so Libby will know that you heard it on the radio, so she can send you some extra stuff. 
That is so great. And um, this is, you'll see her book, Traveling Hopefully, on there, too. That's a great gift, Libby. Thanks for doing that. Well, you know, we like to hold people accountable, and that's one of the ways to, is to really, you know, have a worksheet where you can work some of this out on paper. I mean, we're both big writers and believers in the written word, but it's amazing the difference between people. It goes back to that dreamer. You think about it. But, you know, you write it down and begin to take action. It takes on a life of its own. Well, it's like you're making a commitment to the universe when you write it down on paper. And even me, a lot of times I'm working in the garden, and I'm thinking of all these ideas, and I don't have time to write it down because I'm in the garden. Mm-hmm. And then they're gone. And I go back into my computer, and I think, uh-oh, what was that great idea? So writing it down is very important. Oh, you know what you got to do? you got to have this in your garden toolkit. I carry those oversized index cards. You know, not the little bitty ones, but the bigger ones and a pen everywhere. That's a great idea. When I go walking, I stick one in my back pocket or in my my parka with a pen because, yeah, those ideas are gone. Either that or have your cell phone and leave yourself a message. I did try for a while going out in the garden with the tape recorder, and you know, and but it kept falling in the mud. Yeah, I was so, going to say it get pretty so dirty. Well. It got pretty yucky. So, jump start step number four is to create a traveling, hopefully personal roadmap. This is exactly what we're talking about. You get those goals on paper. You write down, and the tool I'm going to send you has to do with writing out those personal goals, professional goals, and one that's really just for fun, and that's the possessions. What do you want to own in your life? What do you want around you? We know you want plants and garden things, and, you know, it's, it's all of those things that we want to create the rich kind of lifestyle that we want. So once you write those out and you add some time frames, if you know you want to find a new job within a year as opposed to within 10 years, that puts a completely different sense of urgency around it. And, you know, the great thing about the tool is is it's just you and the paper you're writing that you're put your answers on. So don't worry about thinking, oh, gosh, I can't have that. Act, dream, think big, put down your greatest desires, and then you'll see how you can follow through later on. Right. You, you think big, and then you break it down into the smallest little bites that you possibly can. So if you know, I'm going to start my own business, well, what does that mean for today, that you're going to go to the library and check out a book about starting a business? That's fine. As long as you keep taking those inch-by-inch inch little tiny moves, it's incremental. They'll all add up to that new new career, new job, or new company that you want to start. And that's the, that's the uh, number five, keep moving toward what you want and away from what no longer serves you. Once you understand what you really want and you've got a plan, it's really amazing how that plan, having that written document that's broken down for you step by step in little steps that aren't as scary as those great big steps, it just will sweep you past. The momentum takes over and it, it sweeps you past your fears and your doubts and your insecurities. It's almost like, wait, I've got a plan. My plan is just taking me along with it as opposed to you thinking you've got to keep making things up as you go. You've got it. Now, you can renegotiate it. You can change your plan as often as you need to or you want to because things will pop up that you need to address, opportunities to take advantage of. But to know that this is my goal, I'm going to be healthy, and you can easily then ask yourself, wait a minute, does that decision to sleep in, is that going to make me healthier? And maybe it is and maybe it's not. Or is that decision to start running with my, you know, my best buddy, we're going to do the track at the high school three times a week, does that move you towards what you want and away from what you don't? And it's a very simple litmus test to ask yourself, is that moving me away from what I don't want and towards what I do want? Well, to recap the five success steps, 
So number one is dissect your past so you can direct your future. Right. Number two, learn to link internal clarity with external action. Three, I love my recruiting, your support squad, critical. Four, create a traveling, hopefully personal roadmap. And five, keep moving toward what you want and away from what no longer serves you. And you'll want to go to LibbyGill.com and scroll down and get this toolkit that Libby's offering to all the radio guests so that you can also make your dreams come true and and not have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to make all the mistakes that all of us have made. So, so Libby, thank you for giving us your traveling hopefully. I'm off to travel a little bit more hopefully since you've given me the roadmap. And when we come back from break, we're going to be talking with another writer who is passionate about her life. You've been listening to Cynthia Bryan and Libby Gill, your success sisters who are traveling hopefully with you. Back in a minute. This business like no business. World Talk Radio. I'm Mary Hart, and this is Empowering America. She was born in Newark, New Jersey in 1924. She was blessed with a beautiful voice. And by 19, young Sarah had entered and won an amateur hour contest at Harlem's famous Apollo Theater. A year later, singer Billy Eckstein invited her to join his new group, featuring the legendary Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, and Miles Davis. Sarah, now nicknamed Sassy, dazzled all with the amazing flexibility of her voice. At 20 years old, she cut her first record and was fast becoming a legend among her fellow musicians. She joined Mercury records in 1954 and embarked on the most prolific years of her career. Over the next three decades, Sassy toured the world and cut more records, her last in 1987. Three years later, in 1990, Sarah Sassy Vaughn passed away, leaving a gaping hole in the world of music. Empowering America is sponsored by the Foundation of American Women in Radio and Television and is made possible by the generous support of AT&T, caring for the communities where we live and work. Hear that? You just gotta love that sound. Really, it's one of this country's great treasures. The unmistakable sound of a nice California Chardonnay. There's nothing like it. Well, except of course for the sound of nails pounding lumber, building new homes across America, or steaks sizzling on the grill. In fact, 40% of American products are shipped by freight railroads. From computers to produce, we even carry trucks. Really, chances are the things you'll use tomorrow are taking the train today. 70% of new American cars, 40% of the grain harvest. More Americans depend on us than ever. Freight railroads contribute more than $31 billion a year to the U.S. economy. And since one freight train carries a load of up to 500 trucks, that means less fuel, less traffic. A better environment, a better tomorrow. Tomorrow, arriving by train. Sponsored by North America's Freight Railroads. Listen, the world is talking. World Talk Radio. with us. I'm your personal growth expert, Cynthia Bryan. Make sure you pick up a book, Traveling Hopefully, and go to LibbyGill.com to pick up that toolkit. It is fantastic, and you'll love her book. 
Well, our purpose in providing you this radio show is to communicate to you that you already possess everything you need to be the producer, the writer, the director, and the star of your own life. We have our rules. You must smile, have fun, and be willing to be wild and wacky. And every week, Be The Star You Are showcases incredible authors and experts who enhance and inspire your life. So go to the website, bethestarur.org. We bring you this radio show, and we thank you for your support. One of the outreach programs of Be The Star You Are is an annual national essay contest where we can encourage people to, to write and to express their ideas. Well, this year, the author of, of nine books, Angela Berquist was an honorable mention winner with her entry, A Meaningful Life, and she has indeed lived a meaningful life. She loves to write. She's passionate about her, and we are so honored to have her with us today. Welcome, Angela, to be the star you are. Thank you, Cynthia. Glad, I'm glad to be here. I am glad to, you are here, too. Oh, in a moment, I know you're going to read your essay for us, but first I wanted to talk about your passion for writing and what it means to you because you are so clear that you are not interested in fame or fortune, but instead you want to provide information, entertainment, growth to readers. Tell us about that. Well, um, actually, um, coming back to my reason for wanting to write, is that writing basically is um, almost the only thing that I can do. You see, I suffer from MS, and um, it's pretty far advanced. Fortunately, I am able to continue writing, and I have developed sort of a culture around being able to write and express myself, and... Um, Unbelievably, in this condition, I have produced ten books. Amazing! You're, is the tenth one done, or you're working on ten now? I am um, actually. I'm writing my tenth book right now. That is awesome. I just applaud you. Well, your essay was just such a showstopper. It is so deeply heartfelt and so inspirational. Do you mind reading it for our listeners? No, not at all. It's called A Meaningful Life, and this is an award winner in the Be The Star You Are National Essay Contest. So, Angela, take it away. Okay. I've done many things in my life, but the most challenging and influential was to be diagnosed with MS. One may be inclined to pity me, but... I don't want to hear much sympathy. Sorry, I'm putting it in my glasses. Okay. Um, let's say rather I've acquired a new perspective of life in which I know the value of things. I understand. Um, I'm sorry. Um, things that we take for granted, walking, eating, being close to others, I weep at beautiful music, touching poetry and the majesty of nature. I'm sad that some people can't appreciate these things. Above all, I write with the ever-present awareness that my ability to write may dissipate into nothingness in six months, a year, or more. As a result, I live from page to page. One paragraph at a time. I write being fully in the present moment, 
with no reliance on what is now only an indistinct future. There's no time to waste. Art sustains me, and because this is so, I make the most of a difficult condition. When people claim they're afflicted, I understand. But I'm also the first to suggest that we all have the capacity to transform our pain into desirable goals. We only become unhappy when we convince ourselves that we are unhappy. What a waste of our powers to sit back and accept unhappiness and anger. We all possess the power to change our vision of life. We all possess the power to find peace. I'm in a potential position to connect with those in need of positive emotional support, and I'm happy to provide this support. When one lives... When lives with the threat, are you there? I'm here. Yes, I'm here. I'm sorry. My telephone was... Odd things. When one lives with the threat of losing one's powers, one thinks differently. For example, one begins to realize that troubles in the world seem to be a matter of blindness on all sides. People in this world simply accept what they're told and refuse to understand the importance of integrating all peoples of this world into harmonious cooperation. Conflict is opportunity, not an excuse for violence. Before calling ourselves a specific nation, we must embrace the truth that we are all human and that our greatest strength appears when we creatively work together. Accepting and working with differences makes us us citizens of the universe. We learn to think globally. My goal is to contribute to this, to this thought. Wisdom should become our goal, not the acquisition of common power. What we gain by force, we also lose by force. Another priori- priority is to make people aware of what being part of a democracy signifies. It means that we accept responsibility for understanding that because our voice counts, we must make efforts to be informed and to speak out when we see injustice. We need to learn to think actively, not passively accept what those in power tell us. Power lies with us. Let's use it. Considering my circumstances, whom do I admire most? The answer is easy. I admire all simple people who live their lives as best they can and find happiness in simple things. I'm not impressed by celebrity. I thought about it and realized that I don't actually want to be a star. I only want to become the best that I can be and to help others to do the same. I'm a writer who has the gift of being able to easily write novels, but I do this out of love not out of an empty desire to pursue fame. I admire all who give and expect nothing in return. Bravo, bravo, bravo. And Angela, whether you know it or not, you already are a star, so you don't have to become anything. You're already shining brightly, and you're a great inspiration to other people because you have learned to overcome your obstacles and live fully in the moment. Well, and, you know, the thing is, and I was just hearing the end of the review preceding our review, 
and she was talking about um, taking the, breaking things down to take them one thing at a time in its moment. And it, that's exactly how I write. You wonder how on earth can I write an entire book with this condition? Because basically I can only type with one finger. The thing is, I write one page at a time. And one word at a time. Pardon me? You you write one word at a time, and however long it takes you is how long it takes you. It takes me, well, I write in the morning, and um, in the afternoon I read because I research everything I write. I have an enormous curiosity about things. And, of course, my one of my greatest fears is writing the same book over and over again. I like to go to different times, different places, be different people. And um, this is really where I get my reward from, you know, this sort of learning to write from the inside out. Well, some of the titles of your books are Road to Armageddon, Reflections of a Madman, Dead End, and your new one is I Will Not Weep in This Place. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about a couple of the topics of these books and how you went about um, researching them and deciding to write that because you're very versatile and it seems that the words just flow off the page. Yeah. Fortunately, um, this is my great fortune in life is that I hear all, you know about many people who are paranoid um, about writing, and actually writing comes very easily to me. Um, in terms of Road to Armageddon, which was actually my first, this is a woman's view of the concept of Armageddon that, in fact, really what this involves is changing our mind, not conducting war. And um, the devil is actually um, a very sympathetic man. <laughs> he just has the wrong ideas. But in the end, he realizes his mistake. And um, it comes that Armageddon is, is one. And basically, the angels say at the end, you know, we didn't win this war ourselves. We won it because the devil gave it to us. He gave up. He, he, he realized, you know, that it wasn't worth it. And he just stepped out of the picture, you know, not uh, not creating a huge ruckus about everything. Didn't create any any further turmoil, just stepped back. Exactly, exactly. And that is our goal, actually, is to reevaluate the state of the world and to understand those who live in different places and to understand the problems, to put ourselves in their position and to understand their issues from the inside out, not, you know, a egotistical or selfish goal. But basically we dialogue and um, we make the most of the situation as it is. I want to make sure to give out the website of your publisher so that we get that out there to people, which is www.tybornhill.com. And that's T-Y-B-O-R-N-E, 
H-I-L-L dot com, and you can find all of Angela's books there. Is there another website you wanted to give yes, out, Angela? Yes, I can, I can give you another website. If you wanted to contact me, um, it is Zadakim, Z-A-D-E-K-I-M dot home dot comcast dot net. Give and that once again, because that's a long one. Okay. Zadakim, Z-A-D-E-K-I-M dot home dot comcast dot net. Now, um, I should add that um, the, the website is sort of in the process of being built. There isn't much on it, but you can contact me through this website. If you want to see the books, um, then you should go to tybornhill.com. Now, all my books are not there because I write about many things, and also nonfiction um, I've written books about the Grail and Grail consciousness, um, which perhaps the publisher, um, <laughs> God bless him, uh, finds perhaps a little bit too intense. But okay. Um, but there's lots of people that are very fascinated by that. So I think that's you know it's it's another form. You write both fiction and nonfiction. Both. One of the things I wanted to ask you, Angela, because I've always been intrigued by something you call yourself. You call yourself a good-natured rebel. Why is that? Okay. Basically, I don't believe in the violence, you know, to accomplish ends. That I feel that one can be rebellious by addressing the issues and speaking with people, communicating. Um, that one has to keep always a sense of humor. And to accept the other's view, even if one doesn't agree with it, but that's the way to start dialoguing. And I, I agree that, you know, I call myself a rebel because I had, do have ideas that are non, unconventional, um, but I, they're not unreasonable, just unconventional. I think that really, one of the problems is that our society is so grounded in materialism that we don't give ourselves the space to examine ourselves and our potentials. And we have a lot of potential. And we should use it, you know. I love your positive out, uh, outlook. And despite your circumstances and your disability and your inability to get out so often, you have such a variety of topics you write on and such a passion for living. And you have such a, a depth of wanting to get literacy out to the public. And I applaud you for that. So once again, I want to give out the website, tybornhill.com. If you want to email Angela, it is zadakim at comcast.net, Z-A-D-E-K-I-M at comcast.net. Angela, you are a delight, and you are a role model and inspiration for all people who really want to make a difference in the world. Thank you so much well, for being Well, thank you. On. I really hope so. I are. I'm very much with everyone, and uh, I hope this contributes.
You are contributing, and we appreciate you entering your wonderful, a meaningful life into the National Essay Contest. But most of all, just continuing to write and continuing to get your message out there. Exactly. It's I just so stubborn. I don't want to give up. Never give up. Never give up. Be like Churchill. You never give up, Angela. Well, you keep going, girl. You're doing the right thing. Well, and thank you. We keep creating more books. Thank you for being a guest on Be the Star You Are. And just know you are a star. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. You're listening to Cynthia Bright on Star Style Be the Star You Are. We'll be back in a minute. No stroll in the park. This business like no business can hold. World Talk Radio. Are you a busy event planner, an auction chair, or development coordinator? Well, AuctionHelp.com is designed for you. Find out why hundreds of nonprofit organizations just like yours have chosen AuctionHelp.com to take the stress out of the benefit auction process. Hi, I'm Russ Dalnack, professional auctioneer, and I'm also someone who can help you coordinate your next auction. That's right. We have a special staff of auction management experts to give you that auctioneer to, to get the right person person behind the microphone that will encourage your guests to be generous. We can also meet with your auction committee throughout the whole planning process. We're going to give you helpful hints that could add as much as 25% to next year's totals. We're going to train and monitor your auction volunteers the night of the event. We're going to help you run your auction, including the registration, the data entry, the filing, the cashiering, the recording, where to get those valuable items, how to develop your audience, and all those things. Log on, auctionhelp.com. We're here to help with your next auction. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. How do you build and maintain long-term client relationships that garner referrals? Well, try some of these suggestions. Be upfront. Honesty is the best policy. Even though people hate bad news, it's always best to tell the truth when any problems arise. Listen with both ears. You'll strengthen relationships by really listening to your clients. Talk less, listen more, offer feedback and solutions. Do what you say you will do. In other words, show up, follow up, and follow through. Put the client you're with first. Make every client feel like she's the most important person in the world to you. That means paying close attention and not multitasking when in conversation. Be interested. Gratitude works. Be grateful and say so. The more gratitude you show, the more you'll have to be thankful for. Analyze your clients' needs. Don't sell them. Offer benefits they can use, and you'll build relationships that are enthusiastic about your services. You are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan from Star Style with another business bite. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Are broadcasting from the decks of the Golden Princess here on the dock of the bay. We're getting ready to launch away. It is fun. The music's blasting. People are everywhere. The sun is shining. What a great time it is. And I am Cynthia Bryan, your personal growth coach, and we truly are traveling, hopefully, here. I want to thank my great engineer, Jeff, who he is a great travel artist himself, and he is making this show a success for me every week. So a three cheers for Jeff. This program is brought to you uh, through the airwaves under the uh, species of the charity Be The Star You Are. 
And this charity is to empower women, family, and youth at risk through increased literacy and positive messages that change your life. Go to the website, make a tax-deductible contribution. Keep our show on the air. Keep these experts and authors visiting you. Go to be the star you are dot org or call eight seven seven nine four four star. Well, you are listening here on, as I said, we're on the Golden Princess, and I was going to do talk to you a little bit about my book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. I know when Bushnell said that everyone who's ever taken a shower has an idea, and it's the person who gets out of the shower, drives off, and does something about it that makes a difference. And I always think that is the absolute truth. We have to get out of that shower, dry off, and then actually get into action and, and do something. Have you ever been frustrated with people that you care about? Uh, are you more frustrated because it seems like they won't change? Okay, so can you hear in the background now that they're, we're, they're uh, getting ready to sound off, so we're going to have a bomb voyage party here. Well, anyway, a, a man was trying to eradicate weeds in his lawns, and being the gardener, I can really identify with this. In desperation, he actually wrote to the Department of Agriculture, and he was asking for advice, listing every method he had tried, and he finally received a reply back. And the reply was, we suggest you learn to love them. And I was thinking that the same could be said about friendships, jobs, marriage. We may feel exasperated by the faults and idiosyncrasies of others because we believe that the relationships would be perfect if somebody else would change uh, their annoying habit or correct their irritating behavior. But perhaps we could embark on a campaign to not want to get rid of the weeds, but decide we can live with them. We can learn to love them. In truth, we can't change anybody else. We can't eradicate the weeds of anybody else's life. We can only be the ones that change. And the will to change must come from within ourselves. So rather our task is simply to learn to love others with their weeds and all. And isn't that the way that we want to be treated? It's kind of like a lovely garden. They Weeds will become more attractive to us when we're not so focused on the negativity. We might even begin to enjoy them so much that we remember what drew us to them in the first place. So let's just embrace the weeds of our lives, change ourselves, and smell the flowers. A quote by Eleanor Roosevelt that I've always liked is, I believe that anyone can conquer fear by doing the things he fears to do, provided that he keeps doing them until he gets a record of successful experiences behind him. And that is definitely true. Well, when I was looking at my, uh, overlooking my book here, and we were talking in Traveling Hopefully earlier um, about creating your toolkit, one of the things that I think is the most important is the gift of listening. And that was also part of the business fight. In um, in my book, Be the Star You Are, which you can find at star-style.com, in the chapter, The Gift of Listening, in 19th century Britain, there were two famous political rivals, Gladstone and Disraeli. A lady who had met both was asked by her friends to describe them. Well, she said, when I met Mr. Gladstone, he convinced me that he was the most brilliant man in the world. But when I met Mr. Disraeli, he convinced me that I was the most brilliant woman in the world. Hmm. So when was the last time someone listened to you like that? 
listening isn't always easy. Our minds race ahead of a conversation with responses to what is being said and points we want to make. So sometimes we just stop hearing. And listening requires enormous discipline, but it is a learnable skill. Forget cars, CD players, or the latest designer sports shoes. The best gift that you can give someone, especially your teenagers if you have them, is to listen. Really listen to them. I know that I, as a parent, and um, when I had my when my kids were teenagers, I made a lot of mistakes. But one thing I learned from my own teenage years is the value of listening without commenting or judging. And most of the time, as parents, we have to bite our tongue. Now, my son Justin was never one to talk too much or to share his feelings. And when he did, I had to remind myself to open my ears, shut my mouth, and just let him know that I heard him. Now, Heather Brittany, that you know is a, a co-host here of the Team for Two segment, she's just the opposite. She likes to confide everything in me. She tells me everything. Sometimes I want to plug my ears, and even though we're really close. I have learned, though, that... If I make a comment or a suggestion, I better ask first because otherwise she could climb up and say, I can't tell you anything. You just aren't going to understand. So I listen quietly. Sometimes kids and adults just need to get things out of their system. They're not asking for advice or comments or strategies to make it better. They just want to be heard. And if they do need help, it does no good to offer any until they ask for it. So save your advice for times when people are likely to listen to you and they have asked for you. Now, in our family, I think our rules are strict, but they are fair. One night, I know Justin exploded when I had said no to something he wanted to do. He shouted that, oh, I didn't trust him or that I was being irrational, and he was really upset and angry. Now, I could have responded with an equally strong emotion, retaliating in a, a dictatorial, um, parental guarding, power-based kind of way, but instead I listened carefully and quietly, and what I heard was almost an exact repeat of my own words at his age, and I remembered a terrible argument I had with my parents when I wanted to go to a Jefferson Airplane concert in, in San Francisco with my high school boyfriend, and my parents were just really concerned about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. What I heard them saying was, we don't trust you, and I was devastated. But after several days of battling and feeling miserable, we finally listened to one another, and I heard their worries and understood their logic. And they heard my arguments and acknowledged that I was an honorable and respectable young lady. They allowed me to go to the concert. I was cautious. I obeyed their rules. And when they really listened to me with both their hearts and their minds, their fears were minimized. And that taught me a great lesson for my own parenting when I became a mom. So with Justin, I really listened to, and I realized he was justified in expecting to be trusted. And how better to help our kids uh, know their self-worth and to give them more responsibility. So whenever anyone says, you never listen to me, it really is usually true. Someone starts a statement, our mind rushes to predict what will be said. Sometimes it's so intrusive that we fail to hear the real message. Our minds can process words and ideas at an incredibly high speed much faster than speech, and that's an explanation for not really listening, but it's not an excuse. So if you've ever been in a group and really listened to what others were saying, almost nobody does. I mean, do you ever go and you're in, people start asking you the same questions over and over and you had just given them the answer? People are usually more focused on their own reactions and concerns, and they're thinking about what they're going to say without really listening to what people say. So why stop our own intensely interesting cerebral pyrotechnics and actually listen? Because when we do listen, we learn something interesting about others. 
we also learn about ourselves. And if we can turn off the self-talk in our heads and truly listen to someone else, two extraordinary things are going to happen. First, you're going to leave with the feeling that you now know more about that person or that situation than you did before. And second, the speaker will leave feeling that you are a fascinating, intelligent, and likable person because you were so attentive. You know, we are all blessed with two ears and one mouth, so listen twice as much as you talk. I think the gift of listening is something that all of us can work on, and I know it's a, for me, it's something that I'm always, always trying to do. Uh, and I wanted to also mention, if for all of you listeners out there, ABC, uh, television just did a special on Be the Star You Are, which aired on Good Morning America. We were extremely thrilled about that. We had no idea that was going to happen. And if you want to see a, a clip of that segment, you can find it on our website at worldtalkradio.com or you can find it at be the star you are.org. So take a look at it and send us an email and get involved with Be the Star You Are. I'm going to just give a couple of fun things because we're getting ready to uh, to launch here. And we're looking at all the, the bands that are starting up. I don't know if you can hear them in the background. The flags are waving. It's, this is pretty fun being on the cruise ship. But what's, what happened 100 years ago and what a difference a century makes? In 1907, the life expectancy was just 47 years old. Only 14% of homes in the U.S. had a bathtub. 8% of homes had a telephone. There were only 8,000 cars in the U.S. and only 144 miles of roads. The maximum speed limit was 10 miles an hour in most cities. The tallest structure in the world was the Eiffel Tower. The average wage wage in the U.S. was 22 cents an hour. The, a dentist made $2,500 a year. A mechanical engineer made 5000 a year, and that was big, and the average worker made 200 to $400 a year. There were only 285 murders in the entire United States. So what an interesting time. Eggs were $0.14 cents a dozen. I sell eggs, and my chicken eggs are now $4 a dozen. Of course, they are totally organic and range-free and all of that. So... I want, we're going to be hitting off now, so I'm going to be ending the program. I want to thank you all for being great listeners. I want to thank Jeff for engineering from the deck here of the Golden Princess. It's always a little bit more difficult to be on location, although it's a lot more fun. So uh, when you go out into the day, remember to make it a great one. You are in charge of your life. Take a look in the mirror and admire yourself. For more information about Be The Star You Are, go to Be The StarYouAre.org and more information about Star Style or Cynthia Bryan and for your life coaching, CynthiaBryan.com. And until we celebrate next week, be the star you are. Bon voyage! Thanks for joining me on board the Golden Princess. See you next week. You're an artist, a poet who will never give up. So make all your dreams come true Let go of your fears You travel much too far Show the world your smile Be the star you are Show